sixth grade band. I'm actually disappointed. I want it to be a lot worse. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Just about 12 minutes after 6 on Wisconsin's Morning News. I was thinking about you yesterday. You had... Look, we all love our children, right? And we love to watch them do their things. <laughs> of but course. This one, this is a tough assignment that many of us <laughs> as parents have been to. I like it. A little Louie Louie, how about that? Not huh? bad. Sixth grade band. I'm actually disappointed. I want it to be a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> you said you had middle school band concert to go to. Yeah. Featuring this arrangement. Mm-hmm. I was all excited about it. She's been practicing. My 11-year-old's in the band. What does she play? play? She plays the trombone, so that, that opening line... I can hear her right there. <laughs> they played four songs. Who's on Cowbell? I, I was going to say, that's a big deal. That's in there. Kind of keeping with the tempo there a little bit, working on it. I'm telling you, this is not bad. I'm enjoying it. When Stay the on target. came out. The Stay singer. on target. <laughs> when the... When the singer came out and started singing. No, no one sang. <laughs> that been great. Uh, but yeah, it did all right. It's it's funny. Like, it's it's interesting when you see, like, you know, the improvement, like, vast improvement from six months earlier, a year earlier. Or you've just, you've been hearing snippets of that from a bedroom yeah. in your home, <laughs> yeah. and now we actually have the band, but and you, you get to see how it comes together. You know who the saints are. Like, you know, there's certain people that are very special in the world yes. that, like, have the patience and the ear to do things that you and I or Debbie could not do, and it's band directors that that teach kids how to play instruments at 11 years old. They well, are our heroes, particularly those middle school, <laughs> right? <laughs> Teachers of all varieties, but particularly in the arts. <laughs> Take it up. Big finish. 6:13 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Going into last night's baseball game, Brewer starter Eric Lauer had been lights out against the Dodgers throughout his career. He's posted a 7-1 record with a 2.37 ERA. But on Tuesday night, Will Smith and company, well, they ended those slumps at the plate in a big, big way. 1-1 pitch. Pulled down the left field line. Yelich going back to the track at the wall and it is going to fly out of here. Will Smith with a solo home run makes it 4-0 Dodgers. Lane Grindle on the call there. That 4-0 Dodgers lead would hold as the Dodgers defeat the Milwaukee Brewers by a final score of 6-2. Eric Lauer gave up three earned runs in three and two-thirds innings and the Brewers offense, which only mustered up five hits against the Dodgers team that lost their starter Noah Syndergaard to a finger injury after the first inning. They faced a bevy of pitchers throughout the game and just could not get anything going. I mean, that's a bullpen game. That that's that happens in today's game. Um, bottom line is that we didn't put enough pressure on them in those those four innings. I think, and um, to, even to just put multiple hitters up there, run you know, challenge pitch counts, challenge matchups. I know we just didn't do enough in those innings. The Brewers will go for the series win later this afternoon. Coverage begins right here on WTMJ at twelve oh five. Award season continues around the NBA. The NBA All-Defensive Team featuring a pair of Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday, who continues his streak of being named to the first team 
in every year since he has been, been traded to Milwaukee in 2020. Brooke Lopez, who finished second in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, he was named to the All-Defensive First Team for his first time in his career and a notable void for the Bucks as Giannis was not on the All-Defensive Team for the first time since 2018. He went to social media with a post saying, quote, I'm tired of the disrespect. I'm coming. A, a warning to his fellow NBA peers. And finally, changes coming to a popular golf tournament led by Wisconsin's own Steve Stricter. The PGA Tour champions American Family Insurance will have a new home starting in 2025 when it moves across Madison to Wisconsin's first TPC network, network course. The course formerly known as Cherokee Country Club was added to the TPC network portfolio in May of 2022. The AmFam Championship has been held at the Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin's owned University Ridge Golf Course since its debut in 2016. Yeah, Cherokee, where Stricker's played a lot of golf in his day. He's part of that redesign and rebuild. Never played Cherokee myself, but now it's on the list. It's got to be on the list. And for you got to be invited. <laughs> 617 on Wisconsin's Morning News. on this Wednesday morning. So big day ahead. Former President Donald Trump will headline a CNN town hall tonight. It's in New Hampshire. And how about the timing of this? There's a debate even over whether CNN ought to give the former president and 2024 candidate that forum. We'll explore that question a little bit greater in depth in a moment. But this comes right on the heels of Trump's loss in civil court, a decision he's already vowed to appeal. Uh, This woman who uh, I think she's a column writer, right? E. Jean Mm -hmm. Carroll? Yep. Uh, She's been described as an author, but she's a writer, uh, awarded a jury verdict of about $5 million associated with her claims that the former president raped her some 30 years ago. The six men and three women of the jury found that Trump sexually abused Carol in a department store dressing room in the 1990s, though they were not convinced he raped her as she had claimed. They did agree Trump defamed Carol by calling her story a complete con job, a hoax and a lie, and insisting Carol was not my type. ABC's Aaron Katursky on the verdict. I'm a little bit confused by the verdict, Eric, and I'm anxious to have, we're going to have from ABC News, their legal analyst, Royal Oaks, with us coming up a little bit after 8 o'clock this morning. And I want to ask him, if the jury didn't believe her claim that she was raped, where did they just believe that something happened, but she wasn't being truthful about that? Or like, how do you arrive at that verdict? Like, well, we didn't fully believe her, but we also wanted to return a verdict for her. Or is it just because of the clunkiness of his deposition? Right. Or or what is the definition of rape versus sexual abuse? Right, were, right. were there those questions? So I'm interested in exploring that with Royal Oaks, who joins us a little bit after eight o'clock this morning. You, yeah, you mentioned the deposition. So you have here decades old claims, no hard evidence, no actual witness to what occurred. Kind of a classic. He said, she said, um, Ms. Carroll did present witnesses who claimed that she told them shortly thereafter about this incident. So that's basically what the jury had to go on. That and the fact that Trump, he was not required to show up in court, didn't show up, mm-hmm. and certainly didn't testify in his right. own defense. So what they were working off of in terms of Trump's side of the story was his videotaped deposition, and that didn't go well. Jurors heard Trump's own words on the now infamous Access Hollywood video. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss them. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Carol's team called that a confession. 
pressing Trump in his deposition. Well, historically, that's true with stars. Trump, who was repeatedly given the opportunity to testify, never once attended the trial, a decision his attorney defended. What more could he say other than I didn't do it? Trump calling the verdict a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. So again, Trump vowing to appeal, and ultimately, my guess is this has zero effect, positive or negative, on his campaign for president, which is ongoing in 24. He has a town hall tonight on CNN, so the day after all of this, he's going to be on CNN. This will be the first time the former president appears on the network since the 2016 presidential campaign. You mean in some sort of live forum? Yes. He had never... Through yeah, his sure, presidency. they played bites and had maybe him right. at a speech or whatever, but never as a, hey, CNN exclusive. Since That's 2016. Would not have guessed that. He says that the event, which will be moderated by CNN, uh, former White House correspondent Caitlin Collins, could turn into a disaster for all, including me. <laughs> That's what he says. This is Trump saying yes, that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, CNN says that no subject is off limits. There's been a lot of people criticizing CNN even hosting this, some accusing CNN of just trying to go after the conservative base a little bit. But the network says, hey, look, we would do this no matter what. They claim that we would have the front runner for the the, the nominee, the GOP nomination. We would have that person on. It just so happens to be the former president. Right. I mean, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. But either way, like, how do you not put – and I I understand the position CNN is in, and if you find – whether you want to go back to January 6th or this most recent verdict or any of these things. Critics say you can't normalize them. Right. And, and so they're suggesting that to give the former president that sort of platform then to talk more about these things or to defend his actions is somehow improper. On the flip side, the guy could be the Republican nominee for president. So how do you not? I remember Republicans back during the primary in 2016, 2015, 2016, during that time frame, frustrated because he would get all the oxygen Back then, that he was right. That was the word. He sucked all the yeah, oxygen yeah, out of the but room. But he would also he would also take every call. Like he'd be on the phone with Anderson Cooper almost any time they would offer or ask, or he would call in. They would take him because it's Donald Trump doing this. Same thing, kind of happening here. So you know, some in the same party there are also frustrated to see that he continues to climb in the polls, if you will. Just as far as the front runner. I mentioned it's an important debate that journalistic outfits need to have. We went through this, I guess my closest experience with it was when Governor Walker first became governor and you had Act 10 and all the controversy with that and people would complain regularly anytime we had the governor on about, why are you giving him a platform to talk about this? Or when we had Democrats on or activists or someone from the teachers union, why are you giving them a chance to talk? They spew lies. Like nobody wanted to see or hear from any of the newsmakers. And I just feel like the platform is what it is. The only difference is is that those people weren't being investigated for several different things. And here's another little nugget. Mr. Trump still has a pending $475 million defamation lawsuit against CNN. So they're just (laughs) going to put that aside tonight so they can do this town hall. Six forty-one here on this Wednesday morning. So, all right, if facts play out as investigators suggest they will, what I see here is a lady who had a really great idea for a book. Problem was, she just didn't have a dead husband, so she took care of it. So she remedied that wow. situation. Lady in Utah, 
wrote a children's book about coping with grief following the death of her husband. Well, now she's charged with killing her husband. Her name, Corey Richens. She went on media to publicize her book when it came out. The book focused on coping with the loss of a loved one, helping kids deal with grief. She said she wrote the book in the wake of her husband's shocking death last year, but now she's charged with killing her husband. She claimed that the couple was celebrating a business move on the night of his death and that he drank a Moscow mule, which are fantastic, by the way. I love those. Mm -hmm. And then he quickly died. But prosecutors say she murdered him with an overdose of fentanyl. They found fentanyl in his drink, a lot of it. He was cold to the touch by the time EMTs arrived. Her husband allegedly told a friend that he thought his wife had been trying to poison him. Like, I'm not sure what that means. Like, you know, this, my milk didn't taste very good today. I'm not sure what my wife's doing. Uh, So now she's charged with murder. They found that she had, uh, she claimed that she didn't have her phone, but they found that she had deleted messages on her phone. They claimed that she had uh, interactions with a drug dealer. Charged now with murder because she put fentanyl, they believe, in his drink. Uh, let me go back to something you said there that he had suggested to his friends, yeah. or at least one friend, that he was a little bit curious as to whether he was being poisoned. <laughs> yes. Isn't well, what was the follow up on that after <laughs> yeah, that conversation? Like, right? right? Something. So yeah, that probably led them to start considering this. Obviously, whenever a uh, a spouse is dead. You always look to the spouse to see whether or not they're, sure. they're always the first suspect in these situations. So clearly they were investigating, but she had enough time to write a book about it. Well, what if that turns out that was truly the motivation, <laughs> right? Like I got this great idea for a book. Problem is, hmm, who, who around me can get dead? Right? This guy. Terrible. Yeah. 643 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Brandon's got sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Marky Brewers lose game two of their three-game series to the Los Angeles Dodgers. This one by a final score of 6-2. to two. Eric Lauer got the start for the Brew Crew. He went three and two-thirds innings while surrendering three earned runs. The 20-16 and 16 Brewers will go for the series win later this afternoon. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 12.05. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The NFL is set to release its schedule on Thursday, and it will certainly look a bit different heading into 2023. A few notable changes here for you. One significant change, a Black Friday game day after Thanksgiving, the first time ever for that to happen. Another one, maybe the biggest, is the Thursday night football flex, which can now make teams play two, not just one, but two short-rested games throughout the course of the season. The difference here, not Every team will get two games. Some will stay at one. And after hearing that, you may sit back and ask yourself, how is that fair? And the answer, well, it's it's not. And the NFL doesn't care. The new change also allows the NFL to alter Sunday afternoon games to Thursday night games from weeks 14 to 17 with only a two-week notice. I am not breaking any news here, but have Thursday night games been any good for you since the NFL dove into these? Probably not, right? Any player will tell you it's a bad idea, which equals a lousy 
product and ultimately adds unnecessary risk to players who are already playing a very, very dangerous game. As fans, how would you feel about buying tickets, setting some travel dates over there in Town and some hotel reservations up in Green Bay, only to find out weeks before it's all changed, and now you're out probably hundreds, maybe thousands of your hard-earned dollars. Good luck changing any travel and hotel accommodations around the NFL, especially in Green Bay. None of this is ideal, but when it comes to the money-hungry NFL, I'm not shocked for one, and unfortunately, I'm not sure you are either. For a sport that preaches player safety, are we truly, truly surprised the NFL turns a blind eye to the continued silliness it portrays year in and year out? As it always has, money talks in the NFL, and despite what the league tries to tell you, despite the campaigns you see on TV, they could care less about you and the players that help them make billions of dollars year in and year out. New rules, same old Bob Euchre. Time call now, here's a penalty, offside. (laughs) All season long, right here on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. WTMJ's Vince Vetrano here for Sister Bay Furniture. Hey, if you haven't seen the uh, chat set that I picked out at Sister Bay earlier this year, I posted a couple of action photos from this weekend. Action was my wife sitting in the beautiful new chairs that we got. So Enjoying yourself? Very the, nice. The whole action, Eric, was the inaction. Very comfortable was she on Good for beautiful her. new high-back chairs there. And I love this part about it. These are durable products. They're made in Wisconsin, built for Wisconsin, and it, it's premium sustainable material, so you don't have to worry about bringing these chairs and your whole patio set in and out of the garage or wherever else. They weather all types of conditions, and man, a lot of stuff happening on the patios this summer. you got a graduation party or big birthday party coming up. They do make the furniture right here in Sussex. It's actually right next to the showroom where they will build out your furniture order. But you want to get in there soon so you don't miss an opportunity when folks are coming by the house to have them out on your beautiful new patio set. I said the name is Sister Bay, but they're located in Sussex on Executive Drive. You can shop ahead by visiting the website. That's SisterBayFurniture.com. You'll see the whole selection there. But you'll definitely want to go out to the showroom as well, get somebody to help you pick through the different styles and colors to fit your unique outdoor space. It's Sister Bay Furniture, built in Wisconsin for Wisconsin. Six fifty-one on Wisconsin's morning news. Dr. Ken Harris, our teammate, host of the afternoon show on one hundred one seven, the Truth, with us on Wednesdays, fresh off his Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Award for Best Radio Show. Yeah. You weren't supposed to say that. Well, no, I only bring it up because I wonder yes. if they were confusing your show with the five minutes that you're with us every week. Wow, <laughs> I don't think so. It, they, it was you don't very think clear. So? It said WGKB FM. Okay, so I, I guess that's truth. your show. Okay. Must, well, thank you for that. Must I appreciate be the shine that. and glow that you've been getting from these weekly appearances with yeah, us. Yeah, it's You're probably welcome. my forehead. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Rapid fire. Bunch of things I wanted to talk to you about this week. So instead of picking one, I'm going to throw a, a bunch of stuff at you. Okay? Works you for ready? me. Works for me. Uh, let's uh, put on your former Milwaukee police lieutenant hat as we talk through a few law enforcement issues. We had another law enforcement officer killed in the line of duty. Already the deadliest year for Wisconsin law enforcement in Wisconsin in two decades. And it's May, Ken. What is happening out there? It is a time when society has absolutely no respect for law enforcement. No respect for the people, the citizens of Wisconsin. So if you think about the fact that if a law enforcement officer in uniform with a badge and a gun is not safe, the average citizen is not safe. So when we rethink these things about gun laws, 
you have to take that into account because when the good people get rid of their guns like they're asked to, the only people that'll have them are the bad ones. Any issues that you see in terms of staff? You know, there are a lot of factors that can go in that as well. Right. Police departments are understaffed. Law right. enforcement agencies understaffed. That leads to younger people being on the job, mm-hmm. being put in situations earlier mm-hmm. in their careers that when they might perhaps have not been historically. Mm-hmm. Lack of backup in some of these situations, maybe a lack of training. Anything you see there? Well, I wouldn't say it's a lack of training. I, I believe, um, and I'm speaking from experience, that's your job. And you signed up for it, and we all know that you can pay the ultimate sacrifice, God forbid. And she did, and we're sorry for her. We're sorry for her family. And that is the life we choose. I want to talk to you about this other thing that we saw in Milwaukee. Actually, it's been a while since we've had one of these. There was an epidemic a while ago. 78-year-old guy, (laughs) drunk, driving the wrong way on the freeway, (laughs) I-43, right in the middle of the day. I feel like we there was a while where we were seeing wrong-way drivers once a week. right. I, I don't know if I should say this thinking about yes. age. Then yes. Should should we just limit the age? Like when you hit a certain age, you can't drive anymore, or you got to pass a test. What is it? Every ten years? Maybe every five? Maybe every three? When you hit sixty-five? I don't know. But this guy was drunk, wasn't he? That's okay. O W I first, which is odd True. because usually when you got a wrong way driver, it's O W I seventh. Right. But alcohol uninhibits you. Right. So it makes you do things that you would not normally do because your brain says, hey, don't do that, Vince. Mm-hmm. And he did it. So he intentionally did it. I mean, you can't say alcohol caused it. He, he did okay. it. Okay. All right. Why did I ask you about this? Because we were talking about, uh, you know, the increase in crime in Milwaukee in general, but we talk about it every year. And we had a story in the news this week, you know, warmer weather equals more crime. Yes. Old adage. Yes. Is, is that true? And yes. why? It is. Yes. Now, the one about the, the, the full moon and crime, that's that's not bogus. true. Not true. But this one. Yes. Very much so. What is it just that people uh, my theory on that has been when it gets nicer, we're out. Right. And people are out. And when we're out, we're in a greater position to be beefing. Correct. I want to go back to the old people driving thing. So (laughs) so you're not old enough to talk about. I'm not not worried about it at the moment. At what age do you think people should stop driving? No, no. I think at 65, you should start taking a test so that I think your license is good for 10 years. Something like that. Yeah. I think it should be only good for like three when you reach that age. So then you have to retest every three years. Do you have to retest with an actual person, or can road you do test? it online? I, I would say road test. Yeah. I would definitely say road test. Do you think a lot of people would fail? Either that, or there are certain ailments that you have that will stop you from driving or make you have a limited license, something like that. Mm. But, really? at, but at some point, my doctor told me, barring a catastrophic illness or a car accident, that you'll live till 80, 85 and, and we're saying, statistically, those are the things that are killing older people. Car crashes. Do you think there are any that enter the highway, any ramps that need to be reconfigured? Do we have an issue where some of these ramps... Yes. And obviously, this guy's at fault. Yes. But like, there are some where it seems like if you're not paying attention, you can yes. easily go up the wrong ramp. There's one on Highland Road right outside Concordia University when you're headed westbound to go south on I-43... They double the lane. So before you get there, the turn lane starts in anticipation that it will be more cars. But that first opening is the off-ramp. And if you make a left turn and you don't see the sign, I literally called DOT and said, hey, you got to change this. You need a sign up here because otherwise 
Gonna have a head on. Cold. Now there's some spots downtown that are more confusing than others. Oh yeah, I remember calling State Patrol because we had there was a rash of we had a bunch of them, and I remember State Patrol telling me that there's probably more. Yeah, but by the time they respond to some of the 911 calls, yeah. whoever was driving the wrong way has corrected their situation right. and done a U-turn. And you ever been out there? You ever seen one? No, God. I've seen two, oh, yes, and it's I a have. helpless feeling, isn't yes, it? Yes, I have. Yes, it is very, very much because you don't know which way that the person's gonna turn. Right now, if you play the odds. You go to the right because most people are right-handed, and when they panic, they stare to their strong side. Oh, that's a okay. so good never, piece of advice. You should never sit in the left lane at night. Ever. Ever. Yeah, I saw one on a divided rural highway. It was <laughs> We were on our way to somewhere. I think it, we were even in the state of Illinois. So we were out, out state, and there was a construction thing that moved everybody off the freeway. So we're on a divided highway. We're on the other side. But I see this other car driving next to me, right? So they're going the same way that I'm going. But they're not on the side of the freeway that wow. I'm on. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, we're beeping, we're flashing lights. Like, Slow what down. do we do? Distance. Nothing you can do. <laughs> Dr. Ken Harris, award-winning host. Yes. Thank you, sir. On a 1017 The Truth. Great to be with you.